0: welcome to another edition of the First Orange Broncos Podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran. We're your Broncos coverage team for the Denver Post. Denver Broncos entering Week 17, the final game of the season, against the Chargers. But Ryan, let's take a few minutes to analyze a topic that I'm sure a lot of Broncos country uh, is intrigued to listen about, and that's Case Keenum. Uh, and what his future might be in Denver. In talking with Keenum uh, yesterday when he stood at the podium, he said something that I thought resonated a little bit. I guess it shouldn't be unexpected, um, but he says, I want to play here the rest of my career. A pretty bold statement for a guy right now who's 6-9, and nine, completing 62% of his passes. He's got 14 picks to 17 touchdowns. Uh, 3,500 yards, Ryan, but overwhelmingly, Uh, disappointing on the season when we look at this body of work so what does that mean for Keenum and and as the Broncos move forward how does he fit into their plans
1: well he can say he wants to be here because he knows it's not up to him so if it doesn't happen he can't be accused of being a liar Um, he's under contract for next year that's what he should say Uh, financially it's very penal to cut him but also it's one of those things if you're John Elway um, who's out there that you feel is an automatic upgrade. Right now, they're probably on a lot of guys. That's definitely not the year to draft a guy and start him right away. Overall, Keenum's year has been underwhelming. He's committed a lot of turnovers. Um, he was hesitant to scramble throughout the first half of the season. You know, his his year last year with Minnesota was a dream season. I didn't expect him to match those kind of numbers, high touchdown, low turnover. But I thought maybe I over estimated him a little bit because i thought okay here's a guy who's been around a lot different teams he should be able to you know adapt to this system quickly well as you dig into a little bit he hasn't started a lot of games even though he's 30 something years old so uh, you maybe the expectations were too high uh, i don't think so but uh i expected more and his accuracy is what should be the most concerning because even on some of the uh, passes that are caught it's behind a guy, it's low to a guy, it's high to a guy, and, and that prevents getting a lot of yards after the catch.
0: Yeah, and, and you mentioned accuracy being the the biggest surprise this year. Here's a guy in Minnesota who threw, only threw seven interceptions. Uh, he's doubled that, 14 going into the last week of the season. But Ryan, I want to get your take too as well on really analyzing the supporting cast and whether that maybe casts a different light on Keenum's year. Here's a quarterback who loses his top two receivers, his top three tight ends, his starting center both his left guard and his right guard he's got a couple of rookie tailbacks who while impressive are are still young players do we almost look at this as a case where all right like you said Keenum's under contract another year Vance Joseph in year one was terrible the Broncos gave him more time well let's see if we can give him more pieces is this kind of the way that they should think or whoever the coaching staff is should think looking at him and, and seeing what he might do saying hey if all these pieces were healthy maybe this is a playoff team maybe the narrative on Keenum changes a little bit
1: well, injuries are like dirty laundry; they both stink. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> or so, ex- injuries are excuses, which are like yeah, dirty laundry that right. stink. God, I can't <laughs> ever get that saying right. Yeah, son of a biscuit. Um, I mean, it makes it makes sense to bring him back because. As I said, the automatic upgrade is not available. So, okay, do you draft a guy, have Keenum keep the seat warm for 2019 at the beginning? I think that'll be their approach, um, regardless of who the head coach is, regardless if they're an offensive, defensive background. You you look at Joe Flacco. I wouldn't be interested. Uh, Nick Foles, you know, maybe, but he's going to have a lot of suitors. You don't want to get into a bidding war. So maybe you you stay with the guy you have while having a look at – at the future okay on the injuries he's had his left tackle for all 16 games he's had his you know Cortland Sutton for all 16 games he's had Phil Lindsay for 15 so he's had some pieces to work with I just think that he has not gotten the ball in the right spots enough Demarius Thomas wasn't having a great year when they traded him Emmanuel Sanders was having a great year so I think the Sanders injury did impact them but also it's I, I thought they should have done more to get Cortland Sutton involved more often early in the season than they ended up doing.
0: Well, let's project it forward then. Um, Kevin Hogan right now is the backup. Stanford quarterback, uh, scored very high in the Wonderlick, had moments in Washington where he looked like a pretty good quarterback, but seems like a, a guy the Broncos foresee as a, as a backup, not going to be the future of the team. So, Ryan, they enter this draft, you mentioned it early on, Not quarterback heavy. A year ago, we saw so many big names come off the board in the first round. This year, maybe two or three guys. uh, You know, the the January 14th deadline is still looming for when these guys have to declare. But we saw Justin Herbert with Oregon decide to go back for his senior year. So that really leaves Drew Locke from Missouri, Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State, and Will Greer from West Virginia maybe a one or two more names belong in that top tier ryan but do any of these guys move the needle for you and for the broncos how comfortable do you feel getting a guy who's not maybe a top 10 caliber pick at quarterback and thinking he's the future we've we've, we've seen this go both ways
1: the only way to find a quarterback is to take one if you fail i don't care i don't care that they failed on paxton lynch you got to keep taking kicks at the proverbial can and say hey This is going to be the one. All right? Well, he wasn't the one. Let's try again. You cannot, John Elway cannot let the past make him, you know, tepid to take another guy. More than one quarterback is going to go in the first round because teams that are sitting at the end of the first round maybe are going to trade out. And if you're sitting at picks 35 through 50, you're saying, okay, if we stay put, we're not going to get them. So we got to move up into the first round. Haskins would be at the top of the board. I don't think he'll be there when the Broncos pick, be it 12 through 16, somewhere in that range, even with a loss on Sunday. The guy I like Will Greer. I think he's got a lot of Baker Mayfield in him. He's a, you know, a leader. He's emotional. He's faced adversity in his career at Florida before thriving at West Virginia. Maybe not ready to play right away, but I'd play him pretty quick. And I think if you're the Broncos, you want to at least show the fan base you have a plan moving forward. The place to find a quarterback is in the first round. Very rarely do you find one in the second, third, or fourth rounds that has overwhelming success. So, you know, be active in free agency to fill up some of those holes, especially on defense, to set yourself up for that draft where, hey, if you're sitting in the middle of the first round, you really, really like a guy and want to move up, you have a chip to do that. Or you stay put or you move down. So if if we're doing a podcast podcast, after the second night of the draft which would be this third round and they have not taken a quarterback uh, and it's case keenum and kevin hogan under contract uh, they should be criticized
0: yeah and and they will be i think if if that is the case so
1: i'll be i'll criticize i want to criticize them after night one <laughs> yeah because right. you know this is a quarterback passing league you you prioritize you can prioritize other positions after the first round take the passer
0: well, Ryan, that brings me into my next topic. This is a, a bit of looking back here. Hindsight, of course, is always 2020. Um, but the Broncos take Bradley Chubb at number five overall, but as spectacular as he's been, the success of these recent QBs, none of them have been world beaters, but everyone's been successful. This drum up more, hey, why, why, why didn't the Broncos go ahead and, and move up and, and get a quarterback in 2018?
1: hundred percent. And you know, even after they signed Keenum, it was just a two-year deal, so they, they knew they may take one in April uh you know they liked Mayfield they liked Arnold they didn't have any interest in the other guys you know if you're a Bronco fan going into next September who would you rather have as your starting quarterback Josh Rosen Josh Allen or Case Keenum you're probably taking one of the Joshes so I think that was a misfire by the Broncos you know at that point even if you didn't really like a guy when you're on the clock it's time to start falling in love with him you know I think Bradley Chubb's gonna be a fine player but if him and Von Miller are you know are, are together for several years that pick will look even more suspect you know if, if the broncos you know trade von miller over the next couple of years and bradley chubbs their main guy they may be a little different but you can fight edge rushers throughout this draft they found jeff holland as an undrafted free agent so um second guess central but that probably was the first guess when they uh as soon as they made that pick
0: Ryan, and we'd be remiss as well not to talk a little bit about the game in this podcast. This is the last week of a disastrous season for the Broncos. Uh, best they can do now is seven wins, but winning uh, against the Chargers would hurt their draft position at the end of the day, but maybe also hurt the Chargers' ability to play at home uh, during the playoffs as well, Ryan. Uh, what do you make of this game? Give us a little prediction. I'm, I'm going to go with 31-21 to 21 in favor of the Chargers. Uh, maybe a sc- score that's not even indicative of how close it's going to be. I see the Chargers getting out early and and really showing that that Broncos win in L.A. Uh, earlier in the season was more of a fluke than anything with all the weird plays that happened. Philip Rivers making strange decisions. I just don't see a whole lot of life left. Uh, what, what do you make of the Broncos' chances on on Sunday?
1: Well, I'll pick the Chargers to win, but I think the Broncos will play hard and play relatively well because each time this year they've had a bad game, they've sort of rebounded, not so much in a winning effort, but at least executed better. You know, the draft position, I don't think is a big deal for a team like the Broncos. It'd be one thing if they were 4-11, and and if they lost, they would definitely get a top-five pick. And, uh, you know, on the other hand, you know, a loss, I'm sure nobody will be crying over that because you may may end up in the top 12. Here's the thing. If they lose, it'll be the first time they have back-to-back 10 or more lost seasons since 68. 68! Yikes. I mean, that's the longest streak in the NFL because I don't count the Ravens since they burned half their record book. But um, I like think the Chargers are going to come out with a sense of urgency. And here's why. They lost their last game. Even though they're in the playoffs and they've won road games, they need to create some momentum going into that whatever round they're going to advance to. And I, and I harken back to last year with the Jaguars. They lost their last two regular season games. But in that Tennessee game on New Year's Eve, and it was freezing in Nashville. They played all their guys. They had nothing to gain. Because they felt they needed to get some mo going. and they did in a loss. They beat Buffalo, beat Pittsburgh, and should have beat New England. So I think the Chargers could come out ready to play. I don't think that first game has a lot on their mind, even though they gave it away. But uh, I think the Chargers will play well, and they'll win
0: some very good insight from Ryan as always looking ahead to the last game of the Broncos season. Like we mentioned, uh, an afternoon kickoff in mile high against the chargers on that note, uh, we'll say goodbye from the first and orange podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. Um, as always check out our content at denverpost.com, uh, subscribe and get the print edition on your front doorstep every single morning. And we will see you next time.